Let me tell you, week 15 is done and dusted, and we are recording way later than we wanted to because of dazzling. So this is going to get real loose. Smithy's here, who I had to put in a mental health check for the man because it's gone to shit this week. How are you, mate? Oh, it's not actually that bad. I, maybe I've missed something, but I did well in the tips. Uh, one fantasy. I think you I didn't make with... fantasy playoffs, but what the fuck no, does that matter? But I still won. <laughs> the same spot as you, Daz. <laughs> this is a man that is happy with mediocrity. But yes, I'm out of the fantasy playoffs as well. And TD's here. If he was an ice cream, he'd lick himself to death. How are you, mate? Oh, I've tried. That's I'm pretty good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried like I'm not even going to touch that. That's... Don't go there. <laughs> oh, oh, and as always, I'm Daz, and I might have had enough, to be honest. That just might be where I'm at. But we're going to start something new this week, fellas. We're going to be going around the grounds. We've each got a news topic that we're going to bring to the table before we get started with the review. And I'm going to kick things off with the biggest news during the week. Urban Meyer, in a fantastic piece of irony, has been kicked out of Jacksonville. Get it kicked um, out. <laughs> that's what irony means. Fuck, yeah. there we go. Smithy's my uh, English to English translator there. That's <laughs> interesting. Thanks for that, mate. But uh, I'll start with you, Smithy. What did you think of his uh, his termination before we get into who might replace him? Just the Urban Meyer, I don't know, just 15 the, weeks count as an era? <laughs> the, uh, the Urban Meyer experience, I think, yeah, is we'll the, uh, the term. I, I reckon Jacksonville were doing everything. Well, the Jacksonville players and... People around Jacksonville were doing everything they possibly could to get him fired. Josh Lambeau came out uh, probably two days before he was got fired and said that he kicked him and abused him at practice after missing a few field goals. And I think that was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back and he was out of there. He's, he wasn't a good NFL coach. And I know some people are going to say, oh, he didn't have much to work with. You know, what did you expect in year one? But just the way he went about things was just not good. Obviously, he had that scandal in the bar with the uh, what looked like a college girl. Uh, not ideal for his reputation. Probably going to be the most uh, memorable thing of his career in the NFL as well. So, yeah, it's good for literally. He was just continuing his college career, I think, just in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely a good call by the Jags. He he wasn't a good po- he wasn't a good coach. He wasn't the right person to take that franchise forward. So and, and as far they, as, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, I think they pulled the right rein. Yeah. The, TD, I'll get you to jump in here because the whole, like, what did the people that are sticking up for Urban getting fired, the what do you expect after one year? I'm sorry. No one's calling for Dan Campbell to get fired and Detroit are a dumpster fire as well. That's not an excuse for me. What do you think? Same with David Cully, by the way, and Houston. It's the exact same situation. He, he The team's three and 15. Oh, not three and fifteen. They're three and twelve. But <laughs> yeah, they will be. But um, yeah, they've only won three games. He's a first year coach, and literally no one is talking about his job being in jeopardy. So, um, just wanted to add that in. Yeah, there we go. So, TD, what do you think about the excuse or reasoning that he was around? Not much. Well, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, Smithy said he didn't have much to work with, and that is true, but you can say the same thing about Dan Campbell, like you said, and he doesn't have much to work with as well, and they seem to be uh, playing a lot better than the Jags are at this point. And, um, yeah, we all kind of saw it coming. I think uh, we thought it wouldn't happen because it is his first year, but it's definitely the right call in my opinion. Beautiful. And we'll just touch on the three candidates that seem to be standing out to me as in people that are being spoken about, and it's the 
experts, if you will, are going down the road that Smithy actually brought up a month ago in Eric Bieniemy. So, Smithy, if you actually get him over the line, I think he owes you a thank you. It'd be huge. Um, yeah, I think he's a great candidate. He, he's. I'm surprised he hasn't got a head coaching job yet just because his resume is outstanding. Um, mm. But I think he'd be fantastic working with Trevor Lawrence. And NFL analysts supposedly are talking up Byron Leftwich, the Bucks offensive coordinator. TD, what do you think? Yeah, whenever you've got an offense as good as the Bucks, uh, it's going to gain attention. And there's always um, the risk of going offensive coordinator to head coach. But when their offense is performing the way it is, you just have to take the risk. And I think that's what the Jaguars have to do. They have to grab an offensive coach because, you know, you've drafted Trevor Lawrence as the future. You're going to have to build around him and, and make this an offensive team. Yeah, definitely. And then we've got the 24-7 media, which Smithy, you and I, on the NBA episodes that we do, and the three of us have touched on how frustrating it is when people seem to just spew things out. Doug Peterson is a name that keeps coming up so, so much. Smithy, you've just given me a snort of derision there, but I keep seeing it, and on face value, I thought, let me put in the proper research here, and then I do the research, and then I think of just three words. Why the fuck? Smithy, take it away. What do you think? Yeah, this would be Urban Meyer 2.0. This is just, (laughs) you need a young coordinator to build the franchise um yeah this this would not be a good move his his exit from philadelphia was so ugly uh and you you don't want the franchise is already toxic enough as it is you don't want to bring someone who has been in a toxic environment and probably still has the stains of a toxic environment and bring them in it's just going to be not good pd yeah i i agree um you're not going to want Doug Peterson in there at all. You know, he's obviously won a Super Bowl uh, as a coach, but um, there was a lot of talk about his coordinators doing a lot of that work. I don't agree. You obviously have to be a good coach to win a Super Bowl, but uh, the last few years of his career in Philadelphia, as you said, were pretty ugly. Um, and I don't think I think you with, Jack, uh, with Jacksonville, you probably want to steer clear of anyone like that. Um, you just want to start fresh. Don't take a risk on someone who, you know, has had a, a, a past of things getting ugly. So, you know, it's, I'm interested to see where they go. Bang. I like it. All right, Smithy, what have you brought to the table tonight, my friend? Yeah. So uh, one of the key symptoms of old age is grumpiness. And as, as we would know via the group chat this evening as I was attempting to rush home. So, yes. Yeah. One of, one of the signs of aging is grumpiness, anger, and a short temper. I think um, that's pretty synonymous with older gentlemen who who can lose their cool pretty easily, get really frustrated. And we actually saw it in the flesh in the NFL on the weekend with Tom Brady. Uh, The old man showed his cranky side in, I think it was his first shutout loss of all time. The first time he's been shut out ever. No, third. The third time, was it? First since 2006. First since 2006. There you go. So... Yeah, really ugly scenes. Um, there was vision of him running over towards the bench, yelling at New Orleans coaches and players to go fuck themselves, um, which was interesting. <laughs> and he absolutely destroyed a Microsoft Surface Pro while watching uh, game tape like an eight-year-old kid would smash their iPad, iPad after dying in Fortnite. So... Um, my question for you guys and sort of the topic around this is, do you think Tom Brady is going to be punished equally to someone else in the league 
for doing the exact same thing because I feel like he's going to get off pretty scot-free because he's the golden boy. If someone like, I don't know. <laughs> no offense gonna... to whoever Smithy names here, by the way. He doesn't mean it. No, of course, just bringing up a random player. Like if someone like, let's just say Cam Newton, because he's the first person who popped in my head. If okay. Cam Newton did that hmm. in a Panthers game, would he get the same punishment as what Tom Brady's going to get? That's my discussion point. Go for it, TD. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because when Brady does it, people look at it and go, oh, you know, he's competitive. Look at how competitive he is. He doesn't want to lose. This is how losing affects him. And if someone like Cam Newton does it and they go, oh, cry, baby, you're exactly right. Um, and I think it, it's probably not fair. And I, I can't see him getting punished for it at all just because of, of who he is. And, and, you know, maybe that's not right, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that he's going to get the punishment that a lesser player would get. But my second point to this is I don't think anyone should be punished for it. Sure, they'll probably make Tom replace the Surface Pro, and that's going to take a huge dent out of his wallet, as we know. He's struggling for funds, the great man. But it, who cares? Like, we tell each other to go fuck ourselves all the time. If we start finding each other for that, we're in some real financial problems, I think. It, it, we're human. Losing isn't fun, whether you're... 83 like Tommy's or you're an 11 year old kid making a bet with your mates it's it, it is what it is if you know coaches can yell at their own players yell at the opposition coach I'm fine with it it's probably an unpopular opinion in modern times but I don't have an issue with it at all what do you think Smithy I think it has to be consistent um hmm. misconduct is a term that gets thrown around a lot and this by the book is misconduct so I think there needs to be some sort of sanction there and it needs to be consistent because I agree with the two of you. And that's the reason I wanted to bring it up. Mm. He will not get the same punishment as anyone else in the league would have. And that is shit. So um, wake up to yourself, Tom. <laughs> Which is really the kick in the ass that he needs from three blokes in the uh, bottom of Australia. Perfect. Teddy, what do you got for us, mate? Uh, mine's actually to do with the Bucks as well. Uh, they obviously uh, had a poor problem uh, this week, but we'll touch on that later on. But they did suffer um, some big injuries in that game. They had uh, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, and uh, Chris Godwin as well all got hurt. Um, Evans seems good. It sounds like he, he might only miss a game um, if he misses one at all. Leonard Fournette um, apparently might be done for the season, or the regular season anyway. Uh, they might put him on IR, and Godwin is done for the season. He's done his ACL. Uh, for the Bucks, you know, that's three big pieces of their offense. Obviously, Mike Evans, obviously only missing one game, if any, or, or maybe they'll play it safe with him. But do you guys reckon that's going to affect their chances, uh, you know, going back-to-back and uh, winning another Super Bowl? Because, obviously, I've said it all year, you're going to want to finish with as high a seed as possible. Obviously, the number one seed gets the week off, but you know, number two, number three, I think the worst place to finish in NFC in the NFC is uh, with the four spot. You're going to have to play. Probably looks like the Cardinals or the Rams. Uh, and if the Bucks, you know, do finish with that four seed, can't get things going with a couple of injuries over the next couple of weeks, it could really hurt them. What do you guys think? Go for it, Smithy. Yeah. It's obviously not ideal. Um, I feel like a big part of their offense in the last, you know, six to eight weeks has been the emergence of Lenny Fournette at running back. Uh, he's, they've really established the run game and it's only made life easier for Tom Brady to be able to lean on someone to do a lot of that work for them. 
Now they have to rely on Ronald Jones, who has been unreliable, um, and he's had costly fumble problems. So I don't know how confident they're going to be giving the reins to him. They signed Le'Veon Bell, but that couldn't be more irrelevant at this stage because he's just not good anymore. And the loss of Chris Godwin is going to be huge. Um, they get Antonio Brown back next week, which is going to be a real big help. Um, I think he can slide straight into the Chris Godwin role and play it pretty well. But then you look at the slot, you've got uh, Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller. They're good, but obviously you're losing a lot when it comes to Chris Godwin. And I just feel so bad for Chris Godwin um, going into his free agency period. So he would have been in line for a big contract, but this knee injury uh, is really going to hinder his chances at a big payday. So uh, terrible news for Chris Godwin. Hopefully his recovery goes well and he he can come back bigger and better than ever. But yeah, it's going to have a huge impact on the Tampa Bay offense, I think. Yeah, it's definitely going to have a big impact. I mean, as we know, you need things to go your way, both that you can and you can't control to win a Super Bowl. That's just the nature of sport. So in order for them to go back to back, you're going to need things to go their way and things haven't gone their way this week um, and it's out of their control. I think the teams that are loving the fact that this is happening is Green Bay, uh, the Rams and the Cardinals at the moment, any sort of advantage that you can look at. But uh, it's just so hard to bet um, against Brady until they actually fall over. So whilst it is a big loss, I don't think they're sort of out of it by any means. But it, it still is a huge, um, a huge disadvantage. I reckon. What do you think, Teddy? Yeah, I agree. Um, as a Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm petrified of finishing that four seed and having to play uh, the Rams or the Cardinals. That's obviously not ideal. But for the Bucks, they're good enough, um, I think, to beat any team uh, in the NFC. So for them, it's not really going to matter where they finish. Uh, but, but yeah, obviously, like I say, you want to finish as high as possible. But for the Bucks to finish the four seed, I'll, I'd probably back them over the Rams or the Cardinals any day of the week. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're, once you get through that wild card weekend, it's, it's anyone's game from there. Yeah, absolutely is. All right, a couple of things, then we'll get into the games. Smitty uh, had to look on as the Penguin uh, missed this week due to COVID and was hoping that nothing major happened um, in terms of the other rookies. And Jamar Chase didn't let you down, mate. He had one catch for three yards, which is huge. And Devontae Smith had uh, three catches for 40 yards. So... Um, Devontae Smith does end up getting the two and Chase is very lucky to get one. So with three games to go, mate, Chase is on 31, the Penguins on 27, Devontae Smith's on 23. It is well and truly game on. It's going to be a huge finish. Uh, Hopefully the Penguin comes back full strength next week and goes nuts. Yeah, looks fit to go. And then Smithy Certs, mate, came into this week with a uh, three-game lead over Colin. Fingers crossed that improved because Colin didn't seem that happy today, which is what we like to see. How'd you go? Two and three for me. Um, Yeah, look, not ideal. Um, This is when you should be at your best, mate. This is when you're upward trajectory. Started off on a good note with the Chiefs, uh, but got let down by a few teams. Your Dolphins, Daz. I know they won by seven, but the line was eight and a half, so you can bugger <laughs> off. Um, and the Packers, I'm really not happy at the oh, Green yeah. Bay Packers at the moment. Oh, yeah. A Lamar Jacksonless Baltimore, who are playing practice squad cornerbacks, and they win by one point when the line was minus four. 
Mm. It's just a brutal, brutal thing. So, miss that one. Uh, shout out to the Rams today who covered, but the football team, unlucky, unlucky. They We're signed getting- they they signed a practice squad quarterback during the week um, to get within ten, pretty good effort, but um, two and three, not ideal. We're going to talk about the island in a tick, but let's get into it, fellas. The Chiefs and the Chargers and TD. It's fair to say we got an absolute belter first up. Yeah, uh, this was a great game. Um, both teams, I thought, were really ugly for most of the game. It was 14 to 14 with less than 10 minutes left in this game or 14 to 13 or something like that. Uh, and then there was five touchdowns scored after that, which included the, the one in overtime. It, it was just a, a crazy game. Uh, Kelsey went off. Tyreek Hill went off. Patrick Mahomes, I didn't think, was great. Um, until the last 10 minutes of the game, he really turned it on. He had 197 yards and three touchdowns um, after that, obviously, with the last 10 minutes and overtime, which is just incredible. Um, before that, he was missing some throws, uh, made a couple of errors, but you know he, he did what he does and, and got a big win in the end. Uh, the Chiefs didn't have a run game at all. They really struggled. Uh, it was really helped out by a big Mahomes run in the fourth quarter. Uh, but other than that, there wasn't many highlights in the, on the ground game. Uh, and both teams, as I said, they started really sluggish. It was a low-scoring game in the fourth quarter. But both teams only had one punt for the entire game. There was turnovers, turnover on downs. I think the Chargers went for it on fourth down five times in this game and converted two of them. Um, so, yeah, it was, this game had everything. It was a great way to start the week. I thought the Chargers were better for three quarters but couldn't get the job done. No, they definitely couldn't get the job done. Smithy, do you think that the Chargers are going to get to the end of the year? And we've spoken about how uh, sort of frustrating that it's been with their defense, but do you think these fourth down conversions are going to cost them in the end? Or do you think it's um, just a flip of the coin and if they don't go for it, they might become a passive team? Where do you stand? I like trusting your quarterback. Mm. I like the message that it sends. But like everything, there's a time and a place for it, and you've got to know your limits. Um, if you're going for fourth down and six in your own half, then you should probably think twice about what you're doing. Um, so overall, I like it, but I think it could bite them on the ass. But it was a beautiful game, this one. And as fans, that's all we can ask for. Like where the Chargers are at as well, the uh, three-year Super Bowl predictions just coming up beautifully because they're playing in big games and playing well. Let's move on to the Colts and the Patriots. Dazzling picked the Patriots and about six minutes into this game, I knew I was wrong and I was uh, frequently trying to and frantically trying to somehow change my tip, but they wouldn't let me, which is fine because sometimes you just need to cop the fact that you made a mistake and I definitely did here. Smithy, you've been sort of, you were anti- a Carson Wentzless Indianapolis Colts in the preseason, it must be said. Uh, and you said when he comes back, it'll make a difference, but you didn't think it was going to be a great difference, but right now they're playing great football. Yeah, I didn't see them being this good. I'll put my hand up right now and say that. Uh, defense has been, I think it's the emergence of Jonathan Taylor that really sort of set me apart from believing in the Colts and not believing in the Colts. I was skeptical in the preseason about Jonathan Taylor being this big top five running back. Um, I thought he was aided by a really cruisy end of season schedule last year. Uh, He was pulling off big games against really bad run defenses. And I wasn't ready to buy into him doing that consistently all season, but he has definitely put egg on my face. Um, He's the best running back in the NFL right now. And I feel very confident saying that. 
and he is carrying this Colts offense. The defense is making plays. Uh, they lead the league in fumbles forced, I believe. So uh, they do a really good job at creating turnovers and punching the ball out. And I just knew that this Patriots run had to end at some point. Um, it was getting way too good to be true. Just considering the lack of offensive talent they have, uh, Mac Jones has been playing good. But when you compare their wide receiver group to a lot of the others around the league, uh, they definitely lack that talent despite players like Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers playing really well lately. But um, yeah, good win by the Colts. And, and as you said, they are rolling. They definitely are. TD, is the Patriots lost one that they had to have or is it a more concerning one down the road? Where do you stand? Uh, I don't think it's one they had to have. I don't think it's too concerning either. I thought um, it was a good opportunity for Mac Jones to show what he can do in a game that doesn't suit him, obviously playing from behind. Um, it's not doesn't suit his game style. And I thought he did really well. Um, sorry. <clears throat> uh, you know, Mac Jones easily or, and the Patriots could have just folded when this game was 20 to nothing at halftime, but they didn't give up. I think he scored uh, through two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, and this game, you know, if they could have recovered an onside kick or made a stop on defense, they would have had a chance to win the game. So um, they obviously didn't win the game, but I think it's good signs that Mac Jones was able to come from behind in this game. Um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor finishes off with that long touchdown that ended the game. Funny in this game, you know, the Colts ran the ball the entire first half, just about decided not to throw the ball. And then in the second half, they're in a position to run the game out. And that's where they started throwing the ball. That's where the errors came from Carson Wentz. Like we've said all season, um, you want him in it as little as possible, probably. And, you know, he threw a couple of balls that probably should have been intercepted. One of them should have been returned for a touchdown, but just couldn't grab it. Uh, I think he did end up throwing one, uh, in the end, that nearly flipped the momentum of this game, but the Colts did enough to win the game. And, you know, that was a game they had to win, and that's what they did. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're a Patriots fan, you're not too upset with this one. But speaking of upset, Smithy, uh, your Panthers, mate, it was kind of the result we all thought was coming, 31-14. to 14. It was probably a fair um, score to guess coming in. So even though expectations were suitably met, uh, what are you feeling right now about this performance? Yeah, fire the tank up. Um, let's throw all the fuel in the tank and let's just lose out and get a higher draft pick. This team's a dumpster fire and you know it's bad when I didn't even wake up to watch this game. Oh boy. Um I woke oh up to boy. watch I woke up at three AM to watch preseason games earlier in the year <laughs> and I couldn't even set the five AM alarm to watch a regular season oh, no. game. That's oh. how bad it's got. So that's it. You could just end your analysis um, there. That's pretty perfect. Yeah. Like, I, as- I am fucking off him. <laughs> He's done, T D. The Bills, again, with a win that sort of is at everyone's expectation level, there's probably not too much to read into it, do you think? No, not really. These are the games the Bills are going to win. Um, you know, they've just got to move on. I think the Patriots this week obviously lost to them a couple of weeks ago. But I think it's a game they really have to win. You know, they're, I think they're the seventh seed in the AFC right now. And if the Browns had have won yesterday, which we'll – uh, touch on later on. They would have been out of the playoffs at this point of the season, which is just incredible. Um, but yeah, I think we all kind of expected them to win this game and win it pretty easily, and that's what they did. Well, speaking of easy victories, the Detroit Lions, fellas, let's... I mean, we're not going to soak up a massive segment of the show, but for all of the shit that they've copped across Twitter, 
or any social media across every sports show in America. Uh, they deserve their credit here. TD, this was simply extraordinary. Yeah, it was. Uh, this game was incredible. Uh, I think coming into this or coming into you know a week of football, you have your games where you just you look at it and you're doing your tips and you, it's just the easiest game to pick. And this was one of them. You, you look at it and go, oh, Cardinals, they lost last week. They're going to bounce back. They're a really good team. They're playing the Lions who've got nothing to play for. Um, and, you know, this if you could lock up um, any game of the week, this is just one that you'd lock up. But the Lions did really well. They, um, they dominated on defense. They set the tone early on offense. They received the ball and they had an eight-minute drive. Um, the Cardinals got the ball for the first time with, I think, five or six minutes left in the first quarter and they, they had three plays, went three and out and the Lions got the ball back. They just couldn't get in any rhythm. Um, and, you know, I was really impressed with the Lions. Obviously, their defense was really good, forced a couple of turnovers, didn't let the Cardinals offense, um, who missed DeAndre Hopkins, I think, in this game a lot. Um, you know, they didn't let them get any rhythm. And, you know, if you saw Dan Campbell's press conference after the game, how can you not love this bloke? Uh, it's just awesome to see and, you know, good on the lines for winning this game. It was a really, really good win. Especially considering they had 61 less total yards, Detroit, so they really made it. Um, they really made it work and took their opportunity. Smithy, what was your initial reaction uh, to the result? And then once you dug a little bit deeper, how impressed were you with the uh, the boys from the Lions? My initial result was, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um I thought that I'd overslept and I was dreaming and the result wasn't real. But then after I sat on it for a bit, I thought, this is the Cardinals we know. They do this every year. They jump out of the blocks. They start like a house on fire. And you look at them and go, oh, here's a contender. The Cardinals are going to be good. Kyler Murray's on track for MVP. Here we go. This is the year of the bird. And... They just fall off a cliff at the end of the year. They did the exact same thing last year. Um, and tell you what, Cliff Kingsbury, be oh, very no. careful, my friend. <laughs> be very, very careful because... A month, a month ago, he was coach of the year, and now you reckon the seat is warm. The seat is warm because this is their pattern, does This isn't an anomaly. This is what they do every year. And if they go one and two and get bounced in the wild card, something's got to give because yeah. you're wasting this roster. So yeah, no one, no one, will give a, no one will give a shit about the first two months of the season. If that happens, that's fair. But all credit to Detroit. I think credit needs to go to Jared Goff and I think credit needs to go to Dan Campbell because for a guy that's copped it a lot, Dan, from the day he was hired, good on him. All right, let's move on. Uh, to the Dolphins and the Jets and more, I'm going to give you my initial thought. I'll let you two discuss it and I'll pipe back in at the end. But my initial thought watching this game back, and I've watched it twice back now, is the, the Finns are at, and I know it was against the Jets before anyone wants to jump on the message boards and goes, good on you, Dad. You basically played 11th graders. I know. But to play badly, I'd rather play badly in a win than play well in a loss. The fact that the Finns got over the line and weren't near their best was pleasing for me. We won a game where Tua wasn't spectacular. We won a game where we had a running back do something. It's fucking unbelievable. I highly recommend a run game. If anyone out there needs one, I highly recommend that you get one because it's fantastic to see. And I'm pretty pleased. Unlike a lot of Dolphins fans who just like to hate on when the fucking sun comes out an hour early, it's frustrating. Smithy, what did you think? 
yeah, one of those games where you just move on with the win and um, be grateful that you've got it. Obviously, the Finns went anywhere close to their best, but they got the win. That's literally all that matters at this time of year. When you have to win games to give yourself a chance at the playoffs, don't complain when you win games. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Dolphins fans really need to pull their heads in. Yeah, we really do. TD, you look at the schedule next week. I know that's for the preview, but... We've got Titans, Niners, Packers, Browns, Cardinals, Colts, beauty, Bengals, Ravens, fantastic, uh, Patriots, Bills, AFC East, Clash of the Titans there, uh, Panthers, Bucks, that'll be a blowout, but I just wanted to say it because Smithy's there, <laughs> the dick is on the deck. Uh, but the Saints and the Dolphins on Tuesday our time, prime time, I'm selfish and I'm saying game of the week. It might not be but it's got to be one of the more interesting ones. And the fact that it's a standalone game for me is fantastic. What do you think? Yeah, it certainly is very interesting considering, you know, the Dolphins, they have no wiggle room at all. I don't think they can probably, well, I don't think they can afford to lose another game the way the AFC is. Mm. Um, and the Saints are in the same spot. They obviously just beat the Bucks. We saw what happened um, when they beat the Bucks last time. They just fell off a cliff and, and lost every game. and until I think <laughs> I think they lost four four games in a row or something like that. But that, that really is an interesting game and a lot more interesting than it looked probably a month ago. Um, and, yeah, you have every right to be excited for that. And, and, you know, I'm kind of a little excited for it too. The Dolphins I appreciate that, mate. Had seven and seven. It's unbelievable. And, um, you know, that they just had to win that game. You guys touched on it. It's not easy to, to keep winning in the NFL. Mm. What have they won? Six straight now. Mm-hmm. That's probably the longest uh, streak in the NFL. Or maybe the Chiefs um, might have the same amount. Of, they might have won six or seven straight. But not many teams are doing it because it's very hard to keep winning. Um, but, you know, they've done that with the easiest part of their schedule. Now they've got to move on to these, I wouldn't say they're hard games, but it's a lot tougher now in the next three weeks. Uh, compared to what they have been doing. Yeah, Saints, Titans, Patriots to finish, but no team has started 1-7 and seven and ended with a winning record in the NFL or made playoffs. So good opportunity for the Finns to make a little bit of history there. Let's move on to your Cowboys, TD, 21-6. Pretty predictable result. Uh, an outsider might think. What did you think? Yeah, very predictable. Um, you know, it was an ugly game. I thought the Cowboys' defense dominated and their offense wasn't impressive, which is... A little bit of a theme lately, which is a concern. Uh, this Giants team is really bad, and somehow they're still mathematically possible for them to make the playoffs. I think they're four and ten at the moment, and they're not eliminated, which is just incredible. They're not going to make it. We all know that, but the fact that they still technically can is outstanding. The stubby Mike Glennon, he had four deep pass attempts in this game. <laughs> he went zero for four with three interceptions. Um, and I'm pretty sure I read that was the first time in NFL history, or at least um, since next-gen stats have been reported, that a quarterback's had four or more deep passes and finished with three interceptions. Uh, ugly viewing for Giants fans there. Saquon struggling, obviously. Um, you know, he's a really good running back, but... Any running back on this team really is going to struggle. They've got a bad offensive line and uh, their passing game really isn't a threat, especially with their number two and number three quarterbacks in that you can pay extra attention to a guy like Saquon. Hmm. Uh, Jake Fromm came in late. I thought he looked better than Glennon. Um, And he only had 17 less passing yards, uh, although he played 37 fewer snaps, which, you know, they obviously were down towards the end. So I had to throw it a little bit more, but 
that's pretty telling as well. Dallas, they forced four turnovers for the third straight game, uh, which is, you know, that's really impressive and you're not going to lose too many games when you're forcing four turnovers. But I, I still don't know if this Cowboys team is any good, to be honest, and that's not really a good sign after 15 weeks if you're still not sure how you feel about a team. Um, you know, it, it probably leans towards them not being that good and maybe that's a fault of the schedule because they haven't really um, had many challenges this year, but uh, I guess we'll find out in the playoffs when that comes. Uh, but they are the number two seed in the NFC. I think they're not going to finish with the number two seed. The Bucks will uh, jump them. I think they're only tied at the moment because it's a three-way tie and it goes off conference record, which the Cowboys have a pretty good conference record. But the Bucks have that head-to-head, which really suits them. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think they've got Washington this week. They've got Arizona and then they've got, um, Philadelphia to finish off. So they could probably win two of them games, hopefully, you know, three of them. But yeah, I, this offense, it's really, um, you know, I'm not a fan of the offense right now. And if you had to told me at the start of this season that the defense would be carrying this team, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, that's it. Smithy, as outsiders looking in, our emotional investment wasn't as high as TDs, of course. And I'm just going to put it out there, mate. This was shit. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't fun to watch. Yeah, no, terrible. Um, can't believe it took him so long to replace the stubby. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Jake Fromm looks, came in and looks so much better than what he does. And let's be honest, the giraffe's on his last legs. He's, he's looking like a baby giraffe at the moment because, uh, yeah, he, he's a bit wobbly out there, the old boy. But, um, yeah, they need to roll with other well, – they need to roll with Jake Fromm because Daniel Jones is out for the year. So, uh, very bleak viewing for New York. Yeah, the stubby's going back in the esky, I think. But let's move on to the Steelers and the Titans. It was a 19-13 to 13 victory for the Steelers. Uh, Smithy, look, the Steelers have this uncanny ability this year to win shit games because this wasn't fun to watch, but they get a win, which their fans won't mind. But as someone who's a fan of the game that's not a Steelers fan, I'm pretty fucking sick of watching them. Yeah, although if you're a purist, go look at the uh, fourth down tackle by Joe Hayden. Oh, yeah. And just be blown away because what a defensive play that was. Um, absolutely huge stop by him. First game back from injury as well. And the strength that he showed to stop him before the first down marker and end the game was absolutely insane. Uh, shout out to TJ Watt, who broke the Pittsburgh Steelers record for most sacks in a single season. He's done it in 12 games as well. 17 Nuts. sacks in 12 games. Just ridiculous what he's doing. So he's a star. But yeah, as you said, very ugly game. Massive question marks on the Tennessee Titans now. I know they're banged up. I know they've got injuries left, right, and center. But um, at this point of the game, you can't be using that as an excuse. They need to be better. Well, my feeling is, and Teddy, I'd love for you to jump in after I make my point here, is The first thing you've got to do as an organization, I feel like, is go, can you win a Super Bowl with our quarterback? And if the answer is yes, you do the rest of the roster as you think you see fit. And the Tennessee Titans are not winning a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, even if he does have Derrick Henry. Because if push comes to shove and you need Tannehill to win a game for you late, I don't think he can do it. Is that a bit of Dolphins fan talking or do you agree? Uh, I think I agree, but... If you, if you ask um, most people, maybe Tennessee fans coming into this year, you, you probably thought maybe they are a chance um, if everything goes right to win with Tannehill uh, because he, he was playing well last year, but it goes to show how much um, pressure Derrick Henry does take off him. 
Uh, but yeah, he, he's really struggling. And, and the, the Steelers, I thought, you know, they started really slow, which is a very bad habit for them at the moment. Um, but they did come back and win this time. And they're just not going to go away. A lot of credit should go to Mike Tomlin, who's, you know, that this team isn't very good. We all kind of have said it all year. The Steelers aren't a good football team, but they seem to be in all these games. And um, a lot of credit should go to the coach for that. Mm. The Titans in this game had a span of 10 offensive plays in the second half. Uh, and oh. in that span, they turned, they turned the ball over three times. Um, Jesus. And yeah. All, all three of those turnovers resulted in field goals, uh, three consecutive field goals, which um, put the Steelers up and then up by six points. And obviously they made mm. the stop at the end of the game to win. Uh, yeah. The Titans, obviously, they're one team with Derrick Henry and a, a totally different team without him. I, I love that the analysis has come full circle. It started with it was a shit game and then it ended with a shit game. So beautiful. That <laughs> is the encapsulation of a beautiful little bubble there. Now, Smithy, you and I both tipped Houston to beat Jacksonville. And then when Urban Meyer was fired, we brought up a petition for us to change our tip because we thought the Jags would come out and play for the new coach. Thank goodness that we didn't change it, mate, because a 30-16 to 16 victory for the Texans. Davis Mills apparently just enjoys looking at everyone going, hey, I'm actually semi-decent at this. And then whenever we all believe it, he'll go to shit again, which is always fun. But let's give the Texans some credit, mate. I thought they were pretty good in this game. Yeah, they were pretty good. Um, and Davis Mills was a five-star recruit, one of the best quarterbacks in his class. So he does have talent. He does have potential. Um, I just worry about the situation he's in. If they can put pieces around him, then maybe they can roll with uh, the baby Stubby, Stubby 2.0, because that boy's neck is – he, he is troubling Mike Glennon for the uh, – Can we go with juice box? Well, not juice box. <laughs> what were those things that we used to – oh, I'll think of them. Oh, have pop a thing. Something. Juice pop. And, oh, pop tops. I'll, pop tops. That's pop the one. Tops. He the could be the top. pop top. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. The, he, he was all right, the pop top, but Jacksonville are the just pop a top. genuine <laughs> train wreck at the moment, the Jags. Um, and you got to feel sorry. Uh, TD and I were talking off air before. Uh, he's wearing a Jags jersey tonight. And we were talking off air about their. The run in the year they made the AFC Championship game and they had so much young talent and they all just left. They all left. They all fucked off and sent this franchise into the absolute pits of reality. So uh, you got to feel sorry for Jags fans. Imagine how on top of the world they would have been when they had Jalen Ramsey dominating on defense and Allen Robinson on offense with Leonard Fournette. And they would have thought life's great. We're going to have a good team for the next 10 years. And now look at them. Also, it lasted fact, about 10 days after that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Fun fact about the Jags. Um, Trevor Lawrence has the same amount of passing touchdowns in the last seven weeks as Derrick Henry. <laughs> and Der- Derrick, Derrick Henry's been on IR for six weeks. So... And he's also a running back. So yeah, I was going to say, doesn't play his position. So that just shows how bad it's been for the number one overall pick and the Jags the last seven weeks. Well, if it helps Jacksonville, like this won't help actually, scratch that statement, but if a Jacksonville Jaguar fan went into a coma two days before Urban Meyer was announced as coach and they woke up today, nothing's changed. They get the number one, <laughs> they get the number one pick. They're going to get a new coach. They're going to see if they can get more pieces and they're going to start again. Well, what the fucking do? What did they do in the league this year then? <laughs> Stuff all. 
Um, and I feel for them. I really do. I feel for the fans. This isn't a, you know, a ha-ha-ha, Jacksonville suck, isn't that hilarious? It's it, it's almost pity that's coming in from me now, and that's the worst thing you can give people, I know. But uh, emotional-wise, let's not go down a physical sense, but it's I do feel for them. TD, where do you stand on Jacksonville? Because my heart kind of goes out to them a bit. Yeah, as Smithy touched on it before, I've always had a soft spot for the Jaguars since that season he touched on before, just because it, it came out of nowhere. Um, no one expected it. They were a young team. They looked really good, and, and it looked like they had a lot of pieces going forward. Um, they obviously played the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I thought they should have won that game. Bad call at the end, but, you know, that's that's been and gone, I, I guess. But, um, you know, it's really tough for them at the moment. I say it every week. Trevor Lawrence needs help. Uh, he's leading pass catcher in this game was James O'Shaughnessy, which you know, that's fine, but it's not what you want. Um, <laughs> I see these heads going into his hands. <laughs> that sums it up. It's yeah, they're lacking. I mean, they have good players at wide receiver. It's just he doesn't have much time uh, to throw the ball. You know, they they don't have anyone to get downfield. Obviously, uh, Lavisca Chenault's pretty good in the slot, but they don't have anyone on the outside. Um, and he doesn't have enough time to get them to go downfield and throw a deep ball to him. So uh, it's really tough going for him. They do currently have the number one pick at the moment. Um, I'm not sure what where they're going to go with that. I'm sure if they hang on to it, you'll we'll spend all offseason debating. If I was them, I'd probably trade back and get yeah, a few pieces. Surely you would. Uh, yeah, you have to. They're, they're not one player away from really contending. They're, they're a lot of players away, and you just have to try and get as much talent um, in as you can, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, mm. and that's what I would do. But, you know, we'll get into that in the offseason, I guess. Yeah. Well, let but me ask you, actually, we'll bring it up now. Sorry to cut you off, but I'd love yeah, both yeah. your opinions here. If they were to shop it around, do you go a balance between picks and players? Do you go full picks or do you trade it for players? What do you do? One of you at some point. There you go. Smith is um, I think you. I think you just acquire more picks in my opinion. Um, but I wouldn't be trading down, and I'll tell you why. Mm, please do. There are some generational talents at the top of the draft this year at positions of need. Um, they've got there's some a few really good edge rushers and some really good offensive line play. If you can trade down to a spot where you can get your guy, then trade down. Mm. But I don't think getting the number one overall pick this year is a disadvantage in any way. I think an Aiden Hutchinson or a Kayvon Thibodeau would be a generational type plug and play outside uh, edge player like a Miles Garrett um, who has been awesome for Cleveland. So I wouldn't be rushing to trade out of it unless you get a King's Ransom. All right, there we go. I like it. Let's move on now. Oh, actually, before we do, apologies to Texans fans. It turns out that when you play a shit team, we talk about the team that loses more because it turns out they're more shit. But a fantastic win. And to all the fans <laughs> out there who we know are suffering at the moment, if Deshaun does go, you'll get pieces in. I actually think Houston are going to be okay and moving an upward trajectory in the next season. Smithy, if there was a game that you were looking forward to to get your mental health right, it would be the Bengals beating the Broncos, which they did, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't much to look at. No, it wasn't pretty, but the result was all that mattered. Mm. Um, I do want to give my best wishes to Teddy Bridgewater, who yep. suffered a pretty nasty injury. I have criticized his play at times this year, um, and it's been purely about his play. 
he seems like a very good person uh, off the field and a really likable character. And no matter what I think of a player on the field, I never like to see injuries like that. So hoping he's okay. Hopefully he recovers well uh, and can get back on the field as soon as possible. But yeah, this was an ugly game. But the Bengals winning ugly is a really good sign. Um, Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Them not having to score 30 to win the game, really good. I liked their defense. I've liked their defense all year. Um, I want to give a shout out to Trey Hendrickson. I think he's got a he's had seven games in a row with a sack, which is the longest streak Dang. in the in the NFL. And um, people gave the Bengals a bit of shit for signing him to such a big contract, but he has lived up to it. So big shout out to him. Beautifully spoken, mate. I like it. TD, let's touch on the Bengals because they're the more um sort of talkable team at the moment. Are the, if the Bengals do make the playoffs, I know probably statistically it looks a bit unlikely, but go with me here. Are they the type of team that if you're a top team in the AFC, you'd want to face, or do you think they could be dangerous potentially? Yeah, I don't think you'd want to face them. Um, they're kind of a team that I would say is an AFC's version of Minnesota Vikings. They've uh, got plenty of talent and offense, just shows up sometimes, doesn't show up other times, and this game, it, it really didn't show up. The passing game wasn't great and the run game wasn't great either, but credit should go to the Broncos' defense. I thought mm. they played really well and the game kind of, you know, I think there were, there wasn't a touchdown scored uh, until a couple of minutes left in the third quarter and, and there was two scored in, in back-to-back drives in a couple of minutes and um, well, the second one was the touchdown to Tyler Boyd, which uh, ended up being the game-winning score. Uh, but, yeah, there wasn't much else happening in this game. Uh, Drew Locke came in. I thought, if anything, uh, he kind of threw the ball downfield a little bit more, gave his receivers a bit more of a chance than Teddy Bridgewater uh, has. But, yeah, both of them aren't, aren't the option for them at quarterback. And the Broncos, you know, I think they're probably just about done. Uh, they're probably still live in the playoff spot. But um, I think this game... Uh, was a, a, a big game for both teams and the loser, you know, got a very, very big disadvantage. Yeah, absolutely. For Drew, of all the games in his career that he's had double-digit throws, attempts, sorry, um, passing attempts, this was the fourth best quarterback rating he's received for his career and he only threw, he only had six completions. So think of that what you will, but it was a 15 to 10 win, a good one by the Bengals. Let's move on. Just quickly, yeah. I, uh, I thought about putting money on him for MVP at the start of last season, so... Lucky I didn't. That's all I'll say. And welcome, welcome, welcome back to financial shit financial advice featuring PD. <laughs> it was him and Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray turned out to be all right. Obviously, didn't win it, but oh boy! All right, you know, well, Drew Lock, no, no, I, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Goodness me! The Niners had a predictable result against the Falcons, thirty-one to thirteen, mirrored score there, which is always nice to see if you give a shit about that sort of thing. Um, the Niners are that team that, Smithy, you said, I'll start with TD, but Smithy predicted the Niners would make the Super Bowl. And TD, if there was an outsider team in this league that could go on a massive postseason run, it's the Niners for me. What do you think? Cowboys for me, but uh, Niners. They're, outsider, they're the two seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who just... I reckon could win the 100 metres? That Usain Bolt guy looks quick. He could do some damage here, I think. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, well, that's your stupid, Des, but... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I do agree that the 49ers are playing really well. Um, plenty of weapons on offense. George Kittle obviously is in a, some really good form. He's Obviously, we all know he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL, but uh, he really is playing like it lately, having some big catches. Uh, they also have Debo Samuel, who's not being used as much in the passing game. Uh, he's being used as more as a runner, uh, but he's still having a, a big effect on games. The Falcons, I think they uh, forced a turnover or, or recovered a fumble or something on the first drive. and score. I, I think they did score a touchdown straight away. Um and it looked good for them, but you know, the score obviously at the end of the day, 13 to 31, uh, you know, they were no chance. But, you know, the Falcons now they can kind of well, the fans can kind of stop hoping that they're gonna make the playoffs and maybe go on a run. Uh, that's ended now. The 49ers, they're in the opposite direction. They're sitting nicely in the playoffs right now. Um, and they're gonna have a couple of tough games coming up. But yeah, this game kind of went the way everyone expected it to, I guess. Um, I, I, we did say uh, that the 49ers are a much better team than the Falcons and that showed in this game. Yeah, definitely. Smithy, I called the Falcons the most boring team in the league only a couple of weeks ago. Fair to say it's one of those predictions that uh, I think I was spot on about because I don't even think Falcons fans give much of a damn at the moment. Yeah, they stink. Um, <laughs> the, the NFC East outside of Tampa Bay just reeks at the moment. I mean, the Saints, the Saints have their days, but um, yeah, the Panthers and Falcons, boy, it's it's not pretty. Um, if I if we were doing a stock market uh, segment, I would mm. be buying the 49ers at the moment. Yeah, I, like I just love what they're doing. I I love selling their- the Chiefs just quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go put your money on the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, now that absolutely. TD said that, but um, I love what they're doing offensively. Debo Samuel, Chef's kiss, his role in that offense is just incredible. And George Kittle is a monster. So, um, yeah, I'm picking up what the Niners are putting down. Beautiful. I like it. Let's move on. The Packers and the Ravens. And let's face it, if Tyler Huntley had a found Hollywood Brown instead of trying to find Mark Andrews for a two-point conversion, we're talking a completely different story. But let's start with the Packers, TD. Sometimes all you've got to do is win to finish off the season, and they did it here, albeit uh, it was closer than what they thought it would be, especially with about six or seven minutes to go. Yeah, it's definitely a lot closer than they thought it would be, I guess, and we'd hope they wouldn't have thought they would have had an easy win, but um, I think most people expected them to have an easy win or, or at least an easy time in this game. Um, you know, I locked up the Packers. I thought they'd do this pretty easily. And uh, halfway through the fourth quarter, it looked that way. I think they're up by 14 points and they, they looked to have uh, just about finished the game. The Ravens obviously came back. And, uh, you know, I thought Tyler Huntley was incredible, uh, which we'll touch on later on, just a bit of a sneak preview. But, um, you know, it was another questionable call from John Arbor, um, he went for two again. Uh, instead of getting the, the extra point to tie the game, it happened a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers and it cost them and it cost them in this one. We've said all year we, we love aggressive football, um, but like I said, it didn't work against the Steelers two weeks ago, didn't work this time, um, and now they've lost three straight games. Two of those they could have sent to overtime and this year, <clears throat> sorry, the Ravens are 3-0 and in overtime, so they have to like their chances going to overtime. Surely you look at that and go, oh, we haven't lost in overtime. Basically, overtime is 50-50. If you're going to send each of those games to overtime, you'd say they'd probably win one of them. 
Um, but now they've lost both, and I think they're a really big chance of missing the playoffs, actually, the Ravens. Yeah, you've almost got to say that the Ravens have only got themselves to blame, Smithy, because the odds of them taking both those games to overtime and then losing both is only 25%. Yeah. Um, I said it before with the Chargers. I like trusting your quarterback, but time and a place, man. Take the game to overtime. Um, reset. It's it's very hard to get a two-point conversion to win the game. Uh, and I think you've just got to play the percentages, kick the extra point. Justin Tucker's not missing an extra point. So you're guaranteed to go to overtime uh, rather than putting the game in in the hands of the football gods, I guess. Um, so, yeah, questionable coaching. I'll tell you who did enjoy it, the Dolphins fans. Oh, 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 yes, please. Baltimore, keep going. Fantastic. Good win for the Packers as well. Aaron Rodgers is humming along. Beautifully. Now, if you like defensive football, I think there would have been a few purists who would have had stiffies watching New Orleans, fellas, because this was a genuine defensive masterclass. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This was a defensive masterclass. So let's give them all the credit in the world instead of shitting on Tampa for a bit. TD, take it away. Yeah, well, the Saints, their defense was great. Um, Fuck, thanks for repeating my point. (laughs) Incredible in this game. Uh, And, you know, on the other side of the ball, their offense was shithouse. Um, (laughs) It's it's kind of one of those games. Just give them their credit. Oh, their offense was (laughs) shithouse. No, in a game where you've absolutely shut out the Buccaneers, you've scored nine points. And if you play the Buccaneers, you know, again next week, um, and you're only going to score nine points, you're going to lose. So it just goes to show where this Saints team is at. They've had a good win, um, but you know, only scoring nine points, you know, I don't like it. But uh, they've swept the Bucs. That's two straight seasons. They've swept the Bucs. Tom Brady, um, as a Buccaneer, hasn't beaten the Saints yet. Oh, actually, you think he beat him in the playoffs last year. But in the regular season, hasn't won 0-4 in the regular season. So um, the Saints, they're back in the mix after that win, but we saw what happened after, like I said before, we saw what happened uh, after they beat the Bucks last time. Um, and it's an issue when you, you know, when you've got a bad offense, your defense, you can't keep relying on a defense to perform like this. Um, and, you know, some games or most games, they're not going to. And when your offense can't score enough points, um, you're not going to get it done for me. So the Saints, great win, but I'd be happy to uh, rule them out of any playoff action, in my opinion. Smithy, can you imagine beating Tom Brady 80% of the last five times you've played him and you've got a bloke still potting you for your performance? <laughs> what the fuck is our man doing? I, I agree with him. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, I agree with him. Love it. Yes, you shut out Tom Brady. But at the end of the day, you've got Taysom Hill playing quarterback. It's it's not going to equate to anything, Daz. They're not going to win out. They're not going to win out the rest of the year. They're not going to win a playoff game. So who cares? The Bengals won ugly against the Broncos, and we were ready to suck them off for doing it in a difficult situation. They gave Tom Brady no points, and we're sitting here going, well, you know what? Shit could be fucking better. You've got to be kidding me. I'd really prefer if you didn't use the word we when you talked about uh, <laughs> the sucking and the off because you can speak entirely for yourself on that well, one. No, well, TD's already got uh, Zach Taylor covered, so... <laughs> I won't be sucking off anything of Zach Taylor's. Oh, we think he's balls. I'll, I'll, I'll be making that clear. Balls. Uh, this this has gone off the rails. 
But at the end of the day, New Orleans played ugly on offense, shut out Tom Brady. They got the win. Fantastic. All the credit in the world. And we move on to them being destroyed by tour, which is going to be fantastic. I think our point just, exactly. I think we just leave it there and yeah, that, that, yeah, that's my point exactly. They shut out Tom Brady in the Bucks, and they'll go and allow thirty points to the Dolphins next week. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm, oh, I can't be fucked arguing with you at the moment. All right, let's move <laughs> on to the Raiders and the Browns. Now, we've spoken all year about what the Raiders have managed to do under the most horrific of circumstances. Unpopular opinion, this is their win of the year for me. They had no right going in to win this game. With everything that's going on, they could have just almost tanked the rest of the year, get to the offseason, and hopefully consolidate this franchise. For them to go out and win, I think it was an absolutely fantastic effort. Smithy, what do you think? Yeah, massive effort uh, on the road. The Browns are shorthanded, but I don't oh, care. Um, not, but you don't care, but you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. The Browns are shorthanded, but I don't care. Um, the Raiders did a great job to win this game. Shout out to Derek Carr, uh, surpassing 4,000 passing yards again. And shout out to Daniel Carlson, the kicker for the Raiders. Uh, he got paid. They put him on a long-term extension, raised a few eyebrows saying, why are you paying a kicker so much? But um, he delivered pretty much. The, I think it's the first game after he signed the contract then. He now is a 48-yard game winner. So, um, yeah, huge for the Raiders, happy for the Raiders, uh, the Browns, Jeepers. He's the uh, best postman in the country, mate. He delivers on Sundays. He's beautiful, a great man, and we love it. TD, how concerned are you? <laughs> Smithy's just giving me the dad shaking head disappointing look, but I like it. He's going to be the postman from now on. Shit, nicknames can go on the fly. TD, how disappointed are you in the Browns, shorthanded or not? They shouldn't have lost this. Yeah, they really shouldn't have. Um, they started really, <laughs> they started really slowly in this game. Uh, but they did come, they did come back. Uh, Nick Mullins at quarterback, he was pretty shaky, but he made some nice throws at the end. They hit the lead. Uh, the fourth quarter, Derek Carr threw that long bomb that was intercepted, and you kind of thought, oh, well, that's the game. The Browns' uh, run game will get a couple of first downs and ice the game. They couldn't do it, um, and that probably comes back to. Uh, them being shorthanded, uh, you know, on third down, they couldn't pick up a first down with Mullins. I think with Baker Mayfield, maybe they do, but uh, that's a story for another day. They couldn't get it done, and they gave the ball back to the Raiders, uh, and the Raiders did enough to win. And you know, we've I said last week that the Raiders have ran out of steam, and and they made me look silly again. And I said last week as well, they've made me look silly after saying that every time. Um, so maybe it's just time to start saying stupid shit like that. But, um, you know, I think You've been this doing it all of... year. Hello, Chiefs and Patriots, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, we'll see how they turn out. But, yeah, this game, I think, in my opinion, kind of it's pretty harsh to say ended both teams' seasons. But I don't expect the Raiders to go on to make the playoffs from here. And, and the Browns, after losing this game, it's, it's a tough ask as well. Yeah, it definitely is, and I reckon it's a good time to move on. The Bears and the Vikings. Smithy, your man, Justin Fields, he was okay, I thought. He, uh, it certainly wasn't one of his worst um, outings, but at the end of the day, Chicago have lost to a team that had 161 total yards, and they lost by two touchdowns. That's frightening. Yeah, not ideal. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely not ideal. Um the Bears' offensive line, I just can't say it enough. It sucks so bad. 
it's painful to watch. And I know bad offensive line play, having watched a full season of Carolina Panthers football. And, and um, starts with the Dolphins. So we're yeah, flying. So we're, we're well, we're astute mm. in this uh, field, if you pardon the pun. Um, but yeah, look, the Chicago Bears offensive line needs a complete revamp. This is terrible. Um, shout out to, I want to give a shout out to Justin Jefferson because I've got a stat for you guys. Go on, man. Go on. Since week one last year, who mm-hmm. do you think is leading the NFL in receiving yards? Well, if it's not Justin Jefferson, this is the worst segue ever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use my deductive powers and say Justin Jefferson. Well done, Daz. Well Fuck, done, Daz. Mate, that's yeah, that's that's so, why no murders go unsolved in my neighborhood, mate. I'm all over it. So the bloke has played uh, I think he I, I think he's played tw- <laughs> 20, 26 or 27 career games. And in that time, he's leading the entire NFL in receiving yards. Just ridiculous stuff, especially with a below average quarterback throwing you the ball. But uh, that's enough Kirk Cousins slander for tonight. No, no, no. no, no, no. We need one more piece of Kirk Cousins slander. His interception is rivaling. Oh. Is rival, rivaling? Rival, what the fuck? Why can't I talk? Yeah, rivaling. He, yeah. Is the A one is the A two seat to the A one that is Tyrod Taylor versus the Dolphins? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, and I know TD's going to say, "Oh, the the refs missed a flag." He would have overthrown him by fifteen yards, <laughs> yeah. even I, if he didn't get held. I wasn't wasn't going to say that, but yeah, it was that was so bad. Um, Justin Jefferson would have been in the area, I guess, but it still would have gone way over his head, and that ball's getting intercepted either way. He had more grass near him than Bob Marley on a Sunday, and he managed to hit the defender. What the fuck, Kirk? Can you figure it out? But it was, if we do want to go down a positive stat here, uh, it was the lowest amount of passing yards that Kirk Cousins had in a win with 74. So use that what you will, but we've already spoken about this game too much. The Rams and the Seahawks kicked off today as a time of recording, of course. Uh, it was a 20 to 10 win for the Rams. Um TD, I'll start with you. I thought Stafford was okay, did throw an interception, but unless you throw it on like Kirk Cousins does, you're not going to get um, eviscerated by us. The Seahawks season is over, so I don't really want to talk about them a whole lot, but the Rams, all they need is momentum, and it's what they're getting at the moment. Yeah, I just quickly, I do think I'm finally comfortable to say the Seahawks season's finished, but yeah, the... Yeah, the the Rams, they're trending in the opposite direction of the Cardinals right now. a couple of weeks ago, it looked near impossible that the Cardinals would lose their lead in the division and the Rams maybe um, could take that. But I think they're only one game behind. Uh, I think the Cardinals have a much better division record, so the Rams are going to probably have to win. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, they're probably going to have to finish with a better record um, as opposed to tying the record to overtake them and win the division, uh, which suits the Cardinals. But the Cardinals are trending down and the Rams are trending up and you know, the, this Rams team, they're finally playing well. And, and you could say, oh, they only beat the Seahawks by 10. But I thought the Seahawks played pretty good in this game. Um, defensively, they were pretty good. Uh, it was an arm wrestle for the first half. But the Rams pulled away in the second half. Cooper Cup was incredible again. Um, we say it every week. And we, we're just going to keep saying it from now on. He's he's obviously the main guy there. And he, you know, gets plenty of the ball and he makes big plays. Um, you know, I just... You know, the Rams won a game. They, that's all they had to do. It's a division game. You know, they were at home. They won. The Seahawks lost. 
that's what happened. So, <laughs> wow, wow, that's Smithy. I don't think you can top that. The Rams scored more, so they won. Fucking elite analysis from our man. He starts with the Seahawks season is over. He says that the Rams won because they scored more points and the Seahawks lost because they scored less points. Next thing he's going to say is, in breaking news, the sun is hot. Come on. TD, you've got to be better. I'll tell you what we are. We've proven tonight. Our story, we aren't meant for late night recording, I don't think. No. I think we're 5% I think we're 5% below our best, I think. I just want to say uh, Cooper Cup is on track to be the first player since Steve Smith in 2005 to lead the league in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns. So he's had an enormous season. Absolutely. Um, Let's move on. Both games today were 10-point margins, which, again, if you give a shit about stuff like that, you'll uh, be frothing. But the Eagles, Smithy, they uh, upset the island, mate. It's uh, Last week, there was no one left on the island, and the only bike that still is there after this kind of performance, I think, uh, wouldn't be thrilled, even though they did have to sort of improvise on the fly. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Garrett Gilbert might come join me on the island uh, after this one because... Um, <laughs> he's going to get exiled uh, out of Washington, is he? he he's, uh, that's about the only place he's going to be welcome, I think. Uh, he didn't play too badly. I'm just having a joke around. But um, it was always going to be tough for them to win this game. Um going into Philadelphia with a bloke they signed off a practice squad four days ago. Wouldn't have known a lot of the playbook. Um, it didn't help that the Eagles run defense was just elite in this game. Uh, Antonio Gibson couldn't get anything going on the ground. And that forced Washington to put the game into the hands of Garrett Gilbert, which is not what they wouldn't, which is not what they would have wanted to do. Uh, in an ideal world for them, they would have uh, leaned on the run, given Antonio Gibson 25-plus carries and and tried to ground and pound the game out, but um, didn't go that way. Uh, their defense played pretty good, I thought, created some turnovers, but Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts played well in this game, and um, the Eagles have definitely uh, outdone themselves in terms of my expectations for them this year, so... Uh, they should be pretty happy, and with you know three first round picks, they're destined to be a pretty good football team next year. I think. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, look, we've got to wait and see. But what I don't know whether this worries me as an Eagles fan um, or delights me as a Washington fan because the yards differential, the total yards differential in this game, the Eagles had two hundred and eighty-two more yards, but only won by ten points. It's if you're a Washington fan today, are you grateful that the damage wasn't as big as what it could have been? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, and and probably credit goes to Washington for forcing a couple of turnovers in the first half. That's probably what made this game a little closer, and and Washington kind of got an early lead thanks to those couple of turnovers, um, and Philadelphia obviously started slowly turning the ball over. Uh, but they scored 20 unanswered points in the second and third quarter, which kind of uh, put the game away. Washington scored a late touchdown, and then Philadelphia mm. replied with an even later one. But the Eagles rushed for 238 total yards. Um, they're just they're a really good rushing team. Um, Miles Sanders is finally hitting some form. He had a really rough start to the year, but uh, they're using him a lot better now. Um, and, you know, 
although Washington lost this game, they're still alive. Uh, the Eagles have a bit of an edge when it comes to these two teams. Mm. They both can still make the playoffs. Um, both of them won't make the playoffs. Possibly one will, but the Eagles have the edge now, but they do play each other again in two weeks. And if Washington can win that game, they're back to even. Um, and it's just going to depend on other games. But Washington coming into this week had a playoff spot. And now they have picked 10 in the draft. So that's just how close this season is that <laughs> they, they had a, a playoff spot. And now if the season ended today, they'd be picking uh, 10 in the, in the upcoming draft. So that's just, that's incredible. Yeah. And it shows how close the league is this year because I think um, with three games to go or or in last year's and previous year's format, there'd only be two weeks to go. There's only one or two teams that have clinched a playoff spot, which is just incredible. Yeah, statistically, there are 27 teams that can still make the playoffs, um, which came out today was extraordinary. All right, TD, we need to announce our Week 15 piss takers, and then we need to get the fuck out of here. So take it away, mate. Who took the piss during Week 15, and then we will look forward to the Week 16 preview. Yeah, well, uh, quarterback this week, it was Tyler Huntley. I thought he mimicked Lamar perfectly in this game. I said it last week, he's the perfect backup for Lamar. Uh, and it probably was the best game for a Ravens quarterback for over a month, in my opinion. Lamar has been struggling, um, and I won't go as far as some other idiots to say the Ravens should stick with Huntley over Lamar because, yeah, I have heard that this week, um, and that's you know that's a horrible uh, you know take to have. But you know he played really well, and, and that's two games in a row where he's played really well. And in, in a game where I thought they probably could have been blown out, um, you know he gave him a chance, and they they just missed at the end to. To win the game, uh, you know he made some nice throws and he's really quick on his feet. Can you know move around defenders? And I think he had two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns, so that was good. Beautiful. Running back, what's that? Yeah, no, just beautiful. That was oh, my that was yeah. dazzling stick of approval there, mate. Yeah, yeah running back uh, this week is Craig Reynolds, and oh, for those okay. who haven't heard of Craig Reynolds, he's the running back from the Lions. Um, you know he had a breakout game. In this, uh, or at a breakout game this week, it's his third season in the NFL. It's only his second game this week with more than one carry in a game. Uh, couldn't get a touchdown, which would have been nice for him. But, you know, he was a big reason the Lions won. Uh, he set the tone. He had five carries in that opening drive that took over eight minutes off the clock. And, and he really impressed me against a pretty good Cardinals defense. He did finish with 112 rushing yards on 26 carries. And it wasn't the flashiest pick, but I really did like what I saw. Uh, from him, especially, you know, a young player like him. Wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Uh, he Drunk makes horror. it really easy to pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he performs every week. Um, it was just really easy to pick him. There was a couple of other guys that I kind of wanted to pick, but it was really hard to go against Cooper Cup, 136 yards and two touchdowns. And he did break the Rams' receptions record in this game as well, uh, which was today at tight end. There were some really good tight end performances this week, but none better than Travis Kelsey. Uh, he finished with 191 yards, which um, do your own research, but I think that's his career high. Um, he also had two touchdowns, which included the one in overtime, which was the game winner. Uh, the Chiefs don't win without him. I don't think his ability to make guys miss in the open field is just incredible for a guy his size. Um, so, yeah, I, I was really impressed with him, and it's even nicer having him on your fantasy team, although when you're not playing this week and you have that score wasted, that kind of hurts because it's not <laughs> happening again next week. But uh, defense, you know, we hung shit on this team, I guess, just before, but the New Orleans Saints had the best defense of the week, in my opinion. That was easy. 
they shut out Tom Brady or Tom Brady offense for the first time in 15 years. They forced two turnovers. Uh, they didn't let the Bucks get into the red zone once, and they sacked Brady four times. So they were the most impressive year this week. Now, Smithy, I'm going to let you jump in in a sec, but there has been a fucking travesty that has taken place here, and I don't want to sound like Wilds on first things first and only talk about the team that I like, but Duke Johnson had five less yards and two touchdowns as a running back and took the piss. And you've put you've put on it, because I, I think I know what you're going to say here and go, Daz, did you see his opposition? But you've put blokes in here in this segment that have played against shit opposition. I expect a retraction. I expect Duke to go in there, and I want an apology because that's disgraceful. Uh, I've never been a fan of Duke, so I won't be putting him in there. And you guys are lucky that I didn't put the Cowboys defense in. (laughs) (laughs) Smithy, our intervention's gone backwards. Actually, hang on. No. Who's the quarterback? He's I'm punching some numbers. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Smithy, any uh any complaints there, mate? Yeah, this segment's lost all credibility, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. We we can live with that. It's getting towards the end of the year, so uh <laughs> Wait, who did, who was the who was the fuck up? Who did he fuck up there? Oh, Duke Johnston. Oh, okay. So I thought you had others, but that was fantastic. Nah. Oh, but, um, if you give, if you give um, I can't even remember his name anymore, but the, if you give the Lions running back uh, a couple of carries I on the goal line, even he, gets, he gets his name anymore. As well. yeah, he's in your segment. He's written down on your notes and you can't remember Craig Reynolds' name. Oh, yeah, well, let's end the show. Smitty, finish this shit. I'm over it. Yeah, let's get out of here. T- oh. TD's had a stinker. We've all had a stinker. It's too late for us. We're old men now. We're, we're looking like Tom Brady talking to the Saints uh, sideline at the moment. But uh hope you enjoyed the bit of a loose episode. Uh, we love you all. And join us for the week 16 preview. Stay safe, everyone.